thank you for joining in this ISACA podcast episode. I'm Robin Lyons, ISACA's IT Audit Professional Practices Principal. And joining us today is Assistant Professor of Accounting at the University of Tampa, Elena Klefsky. Elena is here to talk about her article that's entitled Mitigating Auditor Burnout with an Energy Management Mindset. Welcome, Elena. And uh, thank you, Robin. It's nice to be here today. Fantastic. So, Elena, could you give us a brief introduction, just a, a little bit about your background and what it is that you do? So, um, I used to be an auditor, and then after I left PricewaterhouseCoopers, I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where I got my PhD in accountancy, and now I teach managerial accounting to college students. And besides teaching, I also do research. My research covers a range of topics. One of the topics I'm really interested in, though, is how to manage your energy to avoid burnout, because it's such an important topic nowadays, just given everything going on in the world. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, I think that uh, sometimes the topic of burnout, um, there's a likelihood that we can have different perceptions about what that is and what it's not. So to level set for our readers, uh, Elena, could you please just give us a, a definition of burnout? So burnout's when you're really just physically or mentally exhausted because of chronic workplace stress and you can't cope with it anymore. It's just too much. One of the things that we've, that we've talked about in the article is um, burnout. And I think that, as you mentioned, it's something that, that we're aware of, whether it's something that a colleague has experienced, a friend or a family member, and they've shared that with us, or possibly it's something that we've experienced ourselves. Um, so can you talk about burnout from the aspect of um, job demands and resources, and particularly when those job demands and expectations exceed available resources? So when you have really high demands, there's just a lot of stuff you have to do and you don't have enough resources to get it all done, that's going to make you feel exhausted, just overwhelmed. And if that continues over multiple periods of time, just that feeling, eventually it could slip into burnout, into that sense of you're just too exhausted to do anything else. You just feel very negative about things, very cynical. There's also a sense of like distancing yourself and not wanting to get out of bed and not really having motivation to take anything else on. That's what some people think of when they think of burnout. You've shared that um, burnout is one of the most significant mental health issues in the workplace. So my next question is, is, is primarily two-part. Um, first, I did want you to speak a little bit more about um, how prevalent burnout is and why it is such a significant mental health issue in the workplace. And then secondly, talk a little bit about um, why burnout is something that auditors are particularly vulnerable to. And the second part of that question, talking about auditors and vulnerability to burnout, um, sticks out for me because I, I think that um, auditors may have some level of awareness about the demands of the profession before they actually start to practice. Um, either they've done an internship with audit or they've gone through enough um, audit interviews and, and enough uh, reading about the profession so that they know that there are significant demands on time, uh, their expectations, their hard deadlines that had to be met. So they don't go into the profession um, with that being unknown. And so I'm really curious as to why having all that advanced knowledge that they're still susceptible to, uh, to burnout. So thank you for the question. I'll start with the first part. The reason burnout is such a big problem nowadays is because it's very prevalent. There was a recent survey in 2023 where they interviewed or surveyed 12,000 people and 94% of those people had at least one symptom of burnout. That's crazy. 
that's saying like almost everyone to some extent who has been working has experienced burnout. At least that's what you would interpret that results to potentially suggest. So burnout is incredibly prevalent. Most of us know people, as you were saying, friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers who have experienced burnout or we've personally experienced it ourselves. Besides how prevalent it is, there's also the concern that burnout produces more burnout. If you're already feeling burnt out today, guess what happens tomorrow? You're probably going to feel even more burnt out. And then the next day and the next day, you're stuck in this vicious cycle and you can't really get out. Unless you work really hard to get yourself back on the normal path. And another reason why it's such a critical problem is because of the consequences of burnout. There's consequences to the individual. For example, in the short term, a person can feel very anxious. They can have stomach trouble. They can have trouble sleeping. And then in the long term, they may develop depression or they could have high blood pressure or they can have heart disease. And if you think about it, high blood pressure, heart disease, those can kill you eventually. So even though directly burnout doesn't kill you through a process, it can eventually get to the point where it shortens your lifespan. So that's fairly scary if you think about it. But besides what it does to the individual, it also provides significant harm to organizations because people who are feeling burnt out, they're going to make more mistakes. They're going to probably use heuristics, take shortcuts, and they may not necessarily follow all the rules. So the quality of the work they're performing may not be as high as what you typically expect. And that means more work for everyone else. Other people have to check the work these guys did. But let's assume that other people are also susceptible to burnout. So there may be mistakes that don't get caught. There may be incorrect audit opinions that get issued potentially. There may be consequences to the economy. So there are problems that can result from burnout. Another element to keep in mind, though, is Burnout has a connection to negative emotion, and emotion is contagious. So that would suggest burnout is also contagious. So someone who's burnt out potentially could infect the rest of their audit team. So yes, burnout is a pretty big problem. And um, besides being a problem, people in the audit setting are particularly susceptible to burnout, um, partly because let's think about who's being recruited into audit. It's these hardworking, ambitious kids. They're hungry for success, right? And people who are hungry for success, they're going to keep on working harder. They're going to keep on fulfilling the job demands that are placed on them, using up their resources without holding things back. They're running at 110%. Now think about what happens if you're running at 110%. Are you going to finish that race? Maybe not. You may run out of energy at a certain point. So the very people being recruited into audits, they're naturally susceptible to burnout. And as they're doing their job, they're working really hard. And as they're working hard, over time, they do very well. They get rewarded. And guess what their reward is? More work. So now they have more job demands placed on them. Their workload keeps on growing and growing and growing. And at a certain point, they're going to tip over from having enough resources to do everything they need to do to running out of resources and just not being able to get everything done. And that's going to make them feel ashamed, upset, stressed, unhappy, just tense emotions, right? So they're going to feel tense. And when they feel tense, that's going to make it harder for them to get out of this trap. Now, keep in mind, these hungry, ambitious people, they're the very people who probably don't feel very comfortable asking for help, right? Their self-image is, I work hard, I succeed, I can do it, I don't give up. 
and asking for help may potentially feel like admitting to weakness. So that may be a level of vulnerability they're just not comfortable with, but they may need it at a certain point. Um, they also may need to learn how to just say no when additional opportunities, developmental opportunities are being offered to them, and they may not be comfortable saying no to those. So at the very point where they're feeling burnt out, they may not be equipped with the tools to bring things down a little bit, to manage their workload and bring it to a more reasonable level that they can actually fulfill. So in this setting, auditors are particularly vulnerable just because of the type of people they are and how they handle the situation. If you think about it, audit has always involved a very high workload, tight deadlines, long hours. And even as things change and there's more continuous audit all year long, the work is spread out more evenly potentially. Even with all these changes, it's still a lot of work that needs to get done. And people still have to put in the hours to get things done. And meanwhile, over time, there's been a lot of other external changes that cause stress, like new technologies out there. Auditors have to learn those new technologies. The economy changes. That means brand new assumptions have to be made about the companies you're auditing and where the risks are. Um, there's also going to be issues related to brand new accounting rules or auditing rules that the auditors have to comply with new documentation requirements or testing requirements. The auditors have a lot of stakeholders who are looking over their shoulders. There's the clients, there's the regulators, there's their own bosses. So they have to address work demands coming from all of these sources and just get everything done. A good audit is on time, under budget, it has the correct audit opinion, and it followed an appropriate process. So that's a lot that you're asking of the auditors. Right. Yeah. Thank you for framing that, Elena. And I, I do have a question. I, you mentioned that um, from a team perspective, and I understand that you mentioned that burnout can can uh, run up through the chain. So you mentioned that other people beyond the auditor performing the work could have burnout. So that could result in the auditor's work um, where potentially a mistake uh, had been made, the mistake not being caught because the person doing the review is also burned out. Can you talk a little bit more? Because you mentioned that burnout could actually spread through a team. So can you talk a little bit more about that gift that keeps giving if one person is burned out and how that could affect the rest of the team? I'm curious about that. So if you take a look at the emotional contagion literature, emotions are contagious, both good emotions and bad emotions. Um, different people have different levels of susceptibility to emotional contagion. There's been research where they separately looked at your sensitivity to negative emotions and separately your sensitivity to positive emotions. So some people are very sensitive to negative emotions and someone who's burnt out is going to have negative emotions. So those interacting with them who happen to be sensitive may pick up on that. Now, if you think about it, whose emotions get transmitted very loudly? Leadership, right? If the leader of a team is burnt out, other people pick up on that. And if they happen to be sensitive, if they happen to be empathetic, that can potentially trigger some burnout on their part as well. But even people who are on the same level as you, depending on how close you are to them, if you're close, you may pick up their emotion more strongly. If you think about it, it's really easy to pick up emotion from family members and close friends than from distant acquaintances. But in the audit setting, at least historically, when it was face-to-face -face and we spent lots of hours together in the team room, like more time than we spent with our family and friends, you kind of ended up feeling really close to your coworkers. Like these became your friends because you had no time for outside work friends. So um, from that perspective, if your friends are really stressed out, you pick up on that and that can make you a little bit more stressed out yourself. And keep in mind, this is not a conscious process. It just happens automatically. 
I think that's absolutely fascinating because, uh, and as you mentioned, it's not conscious. So I think that our listeners um, and all of us can take away that it's something that we just need to be aware of because it's not on the forefront of our consciousness, but maybe just to check in with ourselves. And, and maybe like you said, uh, maybe just take a moment and reflect on, are we a person who's particularly sensitive to that? Or are we someone who's, you know, a little bit more neutral and not, not as impacted um, uh, by someone else's emotions? So thank you for that. that that's, that's good information to have. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You also talked a little bit about energy. So I kind of wanted to talk about that because I was um, struck by the fact in the article that you talked about what we may be experiencing, um, and particularly in the audit field, is not necessarily an issue of time, a challenge of time and time management, um, but more something that's related to energy management. And I think sometimes, uh, because as you mentioned, Audit is so focused on times. We have the deadlines. We have a certain amount of time that we can interview people. We, we want to be respectful of uh, people's time when we, when we conduct interviews. So we're trying to be succinct and brief. So time is an element there. We have a certain amount of time to do the field work. We have a certain amount of time within, to, within which to it, issue the final audit report. So I think that time is an element that's on the forefront of auditors' um, work. I mean, just the daily work life of an auditor. So how... How can we acknowledge that when we have demands placed on us, uh, more demands than we actually have uh, the resources to to handle, how do we not look at that as a time challenge, but look at it more as an energy management opportunity? Well, the thing with time, you're right. Audit really is focused on time. We have time budgets. I mean, the seniors and the managers spend a lot of time looking at those time budgets, especially at the manager level, trying to make sure you don't go over time because you're charging clients for the auditor time. And if you go over budget, clients may find themselves with an extra bill and may not be very happy about that. So managing time becomes a very big concern in the audit setting. And normally people think if something's hard, I'm just going to put more time into it, more effort into it, and that'll get it done, right? But sometimes it's not about working harder, it's about working smarter. So instead of putting more time into it, think about what is it exactly that you need to do? What exactly are the job demands that you're dealing with? And what resources do you have to get them done? Do you have enough resources to fulfill all of your job demands or do you need additional resources? So then ask for those additional resources you need. Or if there just aren't enough resources available, but the demands are crazy high, well, figure out how to decrease the demands. And taking on that mentality of you're trying to manage the job demands and you're trying to manage the resources and that's how you manage energy, that's much more productive than just throwing more time at it because time is a resource. And if you're throwing more time into a problem, then you're using up this time resource. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the problem done better, solved faster, more effectively or efficiently, but it now takes resources away. It takes time away from other job demands you have to fulfill. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Um, and I think uh, our next part of the discussion kind of relates to that, um, but I'll, I'll start by saying that I think in the audit profession, um, part of what we do is that we make things happen for organizations. We're involved in problem solving. We're involved in process improvement. So behind the scenes, we're, we're making things happen for organizations. So how do we make things happen for ourselves? How do we avoid a burnout to begin with? And then if despite our best efforts, we find ourselves in that situation where we are burned out, what actions can we take to, to change course? 
So I'd say that's a two-part question. Uh, the first part is <laughs> to avoid burnout. <laughs> so um, to avoid burnout, I'd recommend think through how energy works and turn the knobs as needed until you find a particular approach that works. So things that can impact your energy include job demands. So if you can decrease your job demands, then you should in theory have enough resources to get everything done. And if you have enough resources to get everything done, you're not gonna feel all stressed. You're gonna feel accomplished. I did it, yay me. Um, so decreasing job demands, there's a couple of options in that regard. You could choose to prioritize what you do now versus what you're doing tomorrow or next week or next month. Not everything has to get done right now. Not everything is equally important or equally urgent. So it becomes important to just ask those questions. Just what is the true deadline for this thing? Like for real, when is it really due? Not the soft deadline someone gives you, but what's the hard deadline? And make plans around the real deadline as opposed to a random deadline someone throws at you. Um, you may want to reprioritize certain work. Sometimes you just have to say no to some of the things people ask you to do. If it's something someone else can do, it can easily be delegated to that other person. Um, you may potentially also think about automation. Is this something that a human being really has to do? Or can you create a script and have the script do this in the future? So maybe instead of doing something that takes 100 hours manually, you spend 10 hours, you create a script, and now that script can be run on this job and future jobs. That's a much smarter use of your time and resources. Um, besides automation like this, there's also going to be options like if you're trying to lower your workload, build in breaks, give yourself a chance to rest. So that will help you recuperate a little bit more. On the resource side, you want to increase your resources. And there's quite a few options in that regard. You can increase resources by looking at what you already have available to you and figuring out well, which of these should I be using right now for this particular task I'm working on? You can also think about, well, if I don't have the resource I need, what resource should I invest in? Because maybe I've got money and I can use that money to buy a particular technology to get the work done. You may want to think about reconceptualizing how you're using a particular resource. So in the pandemic, we were working from home and bedrooms, which used to be places to sleep, became places to work. They became offices. So we reconceptualized how the bedroom was used. Um, besides that, you can also create brand new resources. You just don't have enough time to do everything. You've got an associate who maybe doesn't know how to do a particular task, so they can't do it as is. But if you teach them how to do that task, now you've created a new resource because you can then delegate the task to them. They can do it and you don't have to do it yourself. So we can create resources. That's pretty helpful as well. Um, and then we can ask people for help because truth is, Auditing is a team sport. You have team members. So ask them for help when needed. People above you, people at your level, people you worked with on other engagements can give you advice or connect you with other resources. It's not something you have to do alone. And again, this comes back to the personality of who joins an audit firm. It takes a little time to get comfortable asking for help, to get comfortable asking questions, but you need to get used to that quick because that's really important to be able to succeed and thrive in the audit setting. So both Increasing resources, decreasing work demands, those are important. But besides that, you also want to just keep an eye on what's going on. Monitor your energetic activation. So monitor if you're feeling energized, invigorated, or monitor if you're feeling tense activation, which is just stressed and tired and yucky. So how are you feeling? Keep an eye on that because that's a signal about 
if you have enough resources to do everything you need, because when you've got enough resources to meet all your job demands at that moment, you are feeling invigorated. You're feeling what we call energetic activation. But when you don't have enough resources to meet all your job demands, you're going to feel tense. And that's called tense activation. And colloquially, we'd call that stress. So people who are stressed out just don't have enough resources to do everything they need to do. So monitor your stress, monitor your feelings of vigor, and not only at a moment in time, also pay attention to what's going on from period to period. So compare this week to last week, this month to last month. If you're feeling worse and worse and worse over time, that's a red flag. You need to pause, evaluate, and think about what you can change about your behaviors, your actions, in order to turn things around so you'll start to feel better in the future. If you just leave it alone and let it continue, it'll just get worse and worse and worse. Um, people who are particularly self-aware, they can catch it early. It may not take months for them. Maybe they'll notice this week was particularly bad. They think it'll get better next week. It doesn't. Maybe after two or three weeks, they're like, this is not normal. I got to deal with it. It's probably not day to day yet. You probably shouldn't worry about it. If it's just three days in a row that suck and then it's good the next week. But if it's been like a couple weeks, that would probably be a red flag. So that gets you at least thinking on the prevention side. And like I said, early on, if it's just a little couple of days when you're stressed, that's early. You can fix things. It hasn't become like true burnout. You haven't had like illnesses or other hazardous consequences just yet. But if you let it continue for a very long time, then you're going to get into that corrective phase where you really have to fix it after you let it get really bad. And at that point, it's going to be similar strategies. You want to get more resources. You want to decrease your job demands. You want to monitor what's going on and respond accordingly. But now, because you let it get so bad, it's a lot harder. It's not something you can do entirely on your own. You probably need to get other people involved. You may want to talk to your coworkers, your bosses, have some honest conversations and ask for help and see what you can do together with them to make things better, as opposed to trying it all by yourself. Thank you for that. I'm so happy that you introduced the topics or the topic of energetic activation, intense activation, uh, because when I read the article, I was I was um, surprised that you mentioned that we can actually have those in place at the same time. And I think I was surprised because I believe that when people are, you mentioned stress as the colloquial term for intense activation. I think when people are stressed, I think that's where the focus is. They're focused on I'm stressed and that becomes, that's what they're thinking about at that particular time. Um, but the fact that both can be in place at the same time, can you talk a little bit about how that, how that actually happens and what that looks like? So I'll give you a personal example. When I was an auditor, I had a love-hate relationship with busy season. I loved how it was the most interesting work of the year. It was the most challenging. And I'm one of those people who are like challenge accepted if you give me a juicy challenge. So part of me loves that. It was like I was thriving in that setting. I was learning a lot. I was working with the best people, with some of my best friends. I was having a great time, long hours, but I enjoyed it. But the part that at the same time as I had this energetic activation from enjoying all this, the part of this that was negative was I was also feeling stressed because it was such a high workload, such long hours, and I was severely cutting into my sleep. I didn't really have time to exercise or do any other outside stuff. So I loved it and I hated it roughly in equal measure, I guess. I mean, maybe day to day, it may have shifted more into love and more into hate on another day, but it was just this mixed feeling. But Every busy season, it came back to that. It was the most exciting and interesting time of the year, but it was also the most tiring time of the year. And then after busy season ended, there was always like that month where I felt like I was crashing, just kind of coming back to normal, trying to recover. And it was always the weird transition month. So I feel like 
a lot of people in audit may have experienced at least those who stay for a while and they really enjoy it, but there's parts of it that they don't like and they're trying to somehow reconcile this even as they have that internal conflict in themselves. And as long as the part of you that is more positive, is more energized, is stronger than the part that's tired, that's okay. You're able to manage this, but keep in mind those dynamics change due to various circumstances. So if you're being more energized, it's because there are tasks you can get done with the resources available to you, even though you're going through a lot of resource seeking and a lot of resource creation activity. So resource seeking is when you're looking for more resources to get things done. So you're asking people for help. They're telling you, go look at this particular guidance. You read it, you follow it, you get your job done. Then you move on to the next task, etc. So um, that's resource seeking. Creating resources that might be where you train someone, like I said earlier, you train someone on a particular task, they do it, you review their work, it's done. Um, so you're doing resource seeking, you're doing resource creation, it helps you get stuff done, and that works as long as you're energized. And as long as you're able to create and find resources at a faster rate than you use them up, that's fine, you're not going to get burnt out. But at some point, as more and more work gets loaded on your desk, as you get promoted higher and higher and higher, you may find that your job demands are growing faster than your ability to find and or create resources. And if your job demands grow faster than your ability to create resources, you hit that tipping point where the tense activation, that stress feeling gets stronger than the energetic activation. And once that tipping point happens, that puts you at risk of experiencing burnout if it's allowed to continue for too long. Fantastic information. I, I think what we've talked, what you've shared with us today is information that will help our listeners, not just in their daily work lives, but I think also in their personal lives, as we all try to manage um, our energy, because we're also very busy uh, these days. So thank you for that information. I wish we could continue the discussion, but we do have to wrap up for today. So I do want to thank you for your time uh, today, Elena, on the podcast. For our listeners, you can uh, read the article that Elena has written. It's mitigating auditor burnout with an energy management mindset. And there's a link in the description below so that you can easily access that article. I do want to thank you for joining us today. I'm Robin Lyons and uh, see you next time. Thanks very much.